Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Leticia Niego, the 2022 president-elect for the Metro DC chapter of the Association for Talent Development. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hubka, a chapter past president and a member of the pod squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ETD. And I'm Christina Eanes, the vice president of marketing and communications. We also have Helena Hodges, vice president of finance and operations as our producer. For today's episode, we are interviewing Timothy Tubin. Timothy is an L&D professional in the hospitality industry who has served as the Dean of Choice Hotels University, Vice President of Global Leadership Development for Marriott International, and held talent development roles for Baker Tilly and Booz Allen Hamilton. A frequent conference speaker, Tim has also been featured in several magazines and has received several awards in learning and development. Welcome, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Before we jump into our topic of peak leadership fitness, can you share a little bit more about yourself with our listeners? Absolutely. You, you covered a lot of the really key topics from a professional standpoint. I've been in learning and leadership development for over 25 years, most recently, uh, probably about half of that time in hospitality, learning and leadership development, and the other half uh, in variety of global consulting organizations and financial services organizations, uh, and, and really broadly overseeing um, learning, leadership development, and talent development uh, as a function. And I've gone everywhere from uh, setting it up from the ground floor to evolving it to, if you would want to call it the, the 2.0 or the next iteration of, of the life cycle. And then most recently at Choice Hotels, I've expanded my experience beyond learning and leadership development into operations. So uh, I help uh, our, our franchisees, our hotels, everything from the, the opening stage through compliance, through learning and leadership development. Um, I would say uh, a couple other things I'll add to my background. Number one is that I am the author of two books. The first is called Your Leadership Story, and the second uh, is called Peak Leadership Fitness. So I'm excited about that, where I've been able to leverage some of my own experience and and things I've learned along the way uh, into those two books. And then on a personal level, I am an endurance athlete. Uh, it's funny to say that out loud, but uh, it is true, uh, which I think the translation just means I'm a little bit crazy. Uh, I've done over a dozen marathons and <laughs> uh, over a dozen marathons and 12 Ironman triathlons in addition to um, some century bike rides and endurance swims uh, in the open water as well. So that's a little bit about me. Um, so thanks again for having me. Wow. I can see where the topic <laughs> Uh, leadership fitness kind of came to mind for you. Can you talk to us a little bit about what your definition is of peak leadership fitness? Yeah, so um, it, it's really a nice metaphor for how we can be at our optimal performance and how we can continue to improve on a regular basis. So to me, it's in many ways, it's very aspirational. And it's this idea of continuously working towards elevated both interpersonal and technical skills. 
Um, how do you adapt? How do you grow through learning? Uh, and then how do you deliver consistently positive results? I absolutely love this concept. And I, I'm kind of smiling as you're talking about something being aspirational because I have a milestone birthday coming up next year. And I've been thinking about some physical fitness goals for myself, you know, perhaps running a marathon or something, you know, really challenging myself. And so as I'm thinking about that, I'm honestly really thinking about the plan. And it kind of gets me thinking, what does it mean to create a leadership fitness plan? Is there such a thing? Is that something that we should be thinking about? How would something like that be structured? Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, when as we start talking uh, today and, and, and you start thinking about your own personal plan, there is such strong connections between physical fitness and leadership fitness. So, so let me say a minute about that, and then I'll talk a little bit about the plan. So the parallels really are, they're both journeys into self-discovery. Uh, you've got to have commitment, passion, and self-awareness in order to really uh, be at your best. You've got the potential to inspire others. Uh, you, you've got to set the goals, work with a team, and follow a game plan. And then the, the last point I'll make about this connection is that preparation impacts performance. And so if we don't put in the time, if we don't take that first step, and if we don't have a game plan, then you're less likely to succeed with that. And, and I started there because I think when you um, asked your question about having a plan, it, it really is uh, not unlike any other personal development plan you're going to have, you know, you we, I encourage people to stretch outside of their comfort zone. So using your marathon example, if you've never run a 5K, you know, three miles, maybe don't start with the marathon. You know, you want to build up to that. But yeah, um, but continue to push and stretch yourself till you get to that new comfort zone. Uh, and then once you get to it, challenge yourself again and, and, and move beyond that. So, uh, and maybe you get to a point where not everybody wants to do the marathon. Not everybody wants to be a vice president, uh, you know, and, and have a leadership role, but be the best version of yourself that you can be, whether it's physical fitness or, or leadership fitness. Um, again, not unlike any other development plan, we talk about just a few areas of focus. Start with two to three. Um, that's a little bit more manageable. There's something a little bit um, more provocative that I like to challenge people on. And that is this idea that you should be doing something to develop your leadership skills every day. And I know a lot of times people think about leadership development as, um, I think we've evolved beyond this idea of a, you know, a course, you know, two courses a year, or, you know, it, we're beyond that. And it's, what are you doing? If not daily, um, which I encourage minimally weekly to get a little bit better. Uh, and there's so many resources available to us. And, and that's probably one of the big uh, ahas that I have is um, this does not have to be uh, high cost. It can be low cost, high impact. And that's, that's really what I try to emphasize in my work is what are those low cost, high impact development opportunities that you can incorporate into your plan? I love the analogy or metaphor or simile, <laughs> whichever one it is, right, with being uh, with fitness. And it just it harkens me back to the days of when I was uh, an athlete and the uh, the mental stamina that that helped me create that was great just in life in general. And I know it's called peak leadership fitness, but I, I'm understanding it right. You're expanding the concept of leadership to 
to everyone, not just people who are in formal management positions. Absolutely. There's something to take away from these concepts and and the book itself. Um, And it's this idea that we should be striving to be the best versions of ourselves really at all times. And I want to be really careful because of the metaphor. You know, I can instantly turn a lot of people off because they're like, hey, this guy's preaching to me about, you know, going to the gym or running a marathon. And and that couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, We all have to find those things that give us energy and renewal and that push and challenge us. And as I said, stretch us outside of our comfort zone. Uh, so if anyone's listening to this and, uh, geez, uh, you know, I don't want to do a marathon, <laughs> that, that's okay. I'm not, that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> but what I am here for is what are some of the techniques and ways that you can get just a little bit better every single day? Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, life is a marathon, right? We've got to persevere. You know, stuff comes up. We've got to move through it. We've got to self-care. It, I, I just, I love how it all relates. Well, you, you bring up a great point and it's one of the other parallels that I didn't mention. And that is you've got to overcome obstacles and you can only control what you can control. Yeah. So, um, and, and you might say, well, is he talking about leadership or is he back on the fitness kick again? And the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what makes this such a great uh, uh, connective tissue for what we're trying to talk about is this idea that um, it applies to both. Absolutely. So now let's say someone's already like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. You know, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm, uh, yeah, it, let's talk about formal leaders. You know, I'm getting great reviews on my three sixties. I feel like I'm doing great. Um, what do you, I, I mean, I think everyone still needs to improve any suggestions for someone who's already a, a pretty high performer for elevating their game. Yeah. A couple of things I'm thinking about. One is, um, Look away. Look at ways you can improve within the margins and and kind of the, the 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 gray space between certain competencies. So, for example, um, you know, you might be comfortable presenting already, but look at how you might present in front of different audiences. And then the other one, uh, it, just playing that example out a little bit further, is how can you give back? So as you start working through your own leadership career and your own leadership expertise. And as you get better in any number of competencies, because, you know, we do at certain times, uh, competencies are more exhibited than others. Uh, and certain times we're, we're better at some than others. That's an opportunity to give back, help develop others, mentor others, um, or again, stretch yourself outside into different applications of those competencies. One of the things you mentioned in your book, Peak Leadership Fitness, is that what we consume matters. Can you talk to us more about this? Oh, absolutely. It's this idea that uh, playing through the metaphor um, is where do we get our energy and where do we get our quote unquote nutrients to fuel us? And what you consume relative to your leadership development is uh, the, the the courses you take, the books you read, um, the podcasts that you uh, you know uh, participate in, um, any number of those areas that that give you ideas um, in a really practical, practical way that I highly encourage people um, to to pursue if they don't do it already is make sure that you're really dialed in to your um, your industry, uh, your competitors, and your own organization's strategy and where you stand in the marketplace. And then whatever your role in the organization is, how you're contributing to um, 
achieving the strategy of your organization. A lot of times we just, you know, we get into work and we, we do our functional area and we work across boundaries here and there, but we need to get better at knowing how the work we do connects and drives organizational performance uh, and help others do the same. And then where we stand in the competitive landscape. And I think the more we can spend time on, on things like that, uh, the more informed we can get. And, and I'm a big believer in, in utilizing learning and leadership development to help drive personal and organizational performance. So when we can consume these, what I would consider um, precious nutrients or, or the right uh, concepts, the right uh, information, we can be better contributors to the overall performance. I would love to go back to a word that you used not too long ago. And in fact, I think it ties in a bit to what you were just sharing with us. And the word that you used was team. I know in a lot of people's physical fitness journeys, having a community tends to be a really important part of what success looks like. Having people to lean on and to share with and to get inspiration from. And I'm curious... How does community play into leadership fitness? Does it make a difference when you engage others on your journey? Absolutely. Uh, and let's we can all think about our own personal examples and our own personal journeys. But, um, it, you know, you hear a lot of different types of leadership development do uh, accountability partners, both during a program and then following a program. You don't need to go through a formal leadership program to do that. And in and a, and a specific practical way that I think about is um, if there's a peer or colleague that, that uh, you know, you work very closely with and, and, you know, you have a good working relationship and there's a skill you're working on. I'll just go back to the, you know, good old presentation skills again. Maybe you ask them, say, hey, listen, I'm going to be given this presentation. Um, can, can I ask you to look for a couple of these cues for me so that while I'm in there, um, afterwards, you know, I can focus on the presentation afterwards, you know, we can debrief and I'd love to get your input on how I did on some of these cues. Uh, that's one example. And I think the more we can a talk about what it is, what our goals are, it'll help us refine them. It'll help, help, help us make them more real. Uh, and then the more we can bring in and, and partner with people, uh, it, it can be someone within your organization and a, um, a peer or a colleague, or it may be somebody outside. It could be a mentor or um, just a, a personal friend that you want to run some ideas by. But I think it's about us finding that it, it, rather than try to find the perfect person, it's, it's getting out there and building that relationships. And you can say, these are what my goals are. And, and I'm going to check in. Uh, I'm going to keep you posted on how I'm making progress towards the goals. Uh, and please check in with me. And, and that kind of holds us accountable towards progress. I love that. I am a huge proponent of accountability partnerships. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it works to put you on the hook, doesn't it? Because you, oh, you're absolutely. Like, great. You know, and, every and Friday, I'm going to go back to, uh, <laughs> that's great. I'm going to get back to the fitness side for a second is, uh, once I told people I was doing my first marathon, I felt like I really had to go through with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, once you say you want to speak in front of a, you know, a large professional conference, you kind of have to do that. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you know, people, hey, what, what are you, what are you doing here? You're going to need to make some more progress. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I know a lot of what you talked about too has um, a lot to do with mindset. And I know that is very 
particularly important in when you're going after a marathon or yeah, I was into tennis or you know whatever you're competing into some sort of fitness or athletic event. Um, but you talk a little bit about leadership mindset in your book. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah. So uh, for those who aren't familiar, there's a there's a great book by Carol Dweck called Mindset, and I highly encourage you to check oh, that out. Yes, love so, it. So yeah, there's and I, I feel like that that's been out for a while, but I'm only I don't know in the last five or six years, maybe seven really hearing a lot more talk and momentum around mindset. And so really, um, she kind of gave me the idea to evolve that into specific workplace areas around the leadership mindset. And and what that entails is really three things. Number one is you've got to have that self-awareness. And to me, I talk about that in terms of mindfulness uh, and you want honest, accurate understanding of and belief in your abilities, both what you do well and, and what you need to work on. Uh, because I think with that mindset, you know, your limitations, you know, where your comfort zone is, and you know, where to push those boundaries. And you also know where to delegate and bring other people in as well. And that's pretty critical in this whole mindset piece, because we don't have to be quote unquote, the perfect leader. No one is right. So exactly. it's, it's how do we know what our limits are, where we want to grow and where we want to bring others in to, to help support us. And that gets back to that team orientation. The second is, is task orientation. And it's really how you approach challenges, um, how you approach uncertainty and how you approach ambiguity. Do you have what I like to call a bring it on mentality? Mm-hmm. Um, are you are you comfortable with taking risks, operating outside of your comfort zone? Uh, are you going to embrace change? Uh, that can that can develop over time and through experience and through feedback. And so that's something we want to continue to build upon and refine. And then the third and final area is what I consider the performance-focused element. And that's the continuous improvement that I referenced earlier in our conversation. And do you have this relentless focus on getting better and learning from both the successes and your failures? Um, do you have resilience? Uh, and are, as far as setbacks go, do you look at that as, as a learning opportunity? Relentless focus is just such a a great phrase. I love that. And I, I think that those are fantastic tips. I'm curious. I and you know, I know as we're we're starting to wrap up and we do have a couple of extra questions for you, but there's one more thing I'd love to go back to. And I actually wrote it down as you were saying it. You'd mentioned that it's really helpful to develop your skills every day. And as I was jotting that note down, I was kind of smiling to myself because I I know how important that is and also how hard that is. I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about what that looks like for you. What do you tend to do or focus on in a day? How do you make sure that you prioritize it? How do you keep it from slipping into the world of all of the other things that are going on so you really can maintain that focus? Yeah. So uh, on, a, on a real practical uh, approach to this, uh, every, every day I do try to start out with um, an industry article. Uh, or some type of competitor uh, news. So I, I, I don't think I go a day without just reading through what's going on in the industry. And when I say the industry, it's not just hospitality, but I, I want to make sure I'm dialed in and expert in, the, in that industry, but also staying connected with with leadership development uh, and, and learning related updates. So I that's one way I start my day. Um, wh- one way, I don't know if I do this every day. I don't think I would... I, I, would be being completely honest if I said every day, but not, not a week goes by 
without me giving myself a grade on how I did relative to being a leader in ah. that particular week or in that instance. And, and what I mean by that is, so I'll be driving home and I'll say, how did I, how did I do this week? And I'm not talking to anybody else other than kind of my internal voice, my internal monologue. And I say, um, you know, it would be so easy for me to just give myself an A every week and just drive on, you know, crank up the music, whatever. But absolutely. <laughs> but 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 you know, that's not being honest and that's not helpful to me. And so what I would say is if you you find yourself giving yourself an A, you know, for multiple, multiple days or weeks, you might want to take a step back and and you know, tighten up the criteria a little bit because the next question I'm gonna ask is the most important. It's not what grade would you give yourself, it's why. What did you do? What did I do that was so outstanding this week that I earned that A? If if I believe being an effective leader is, you know, working across boundaries, um, coaching and supporting my team, delivering great results, what are examples of those things that I did? And it's funny because, you know, we all get really busy with projects and and pulled in multiple directions. And Oftentimes, that's the reason why I don't get the A. I don't. I haven't earned the A. But what I would say is, if um, a couple weeks go by, and, and as a leader, you haven't given yourself an A, uh, and and in a particular area, maybe my coaching was was really low for a couple weeks. That next week, I need to go out of my way to really connect with people and make sure I'm I'm supporting them and coaching them the way that they want to be coached. So. I use it as a, a as a great um, uh, barometer of how I'm doing, and it I find that I refine it over time too. So I encourage people, you know, check it out. It's it's again low cost, high impact. You can get some really um, you, you kind of really build your self awareness muscle through that. Yeah, I absolutely love the idea of prioritizing that self-reflection into your week, into your day, if you can do it, like you said, but at least into your week. And I really do like the grading system. I think what I like the most, in fact, is that you don't have to get an A every week. In fact, if you are getting that A every week, is that really reflective of growth and potential and opportunity? You may do yourself a disservice if you're too easy a grader. I mean... I know many of us are conditioned to really strive for that A, but there are times where we don't necessarily earn that A. I love that idea. Yeah, thanks. It's it's pretty practical. I've had people come back and say that very similar sentiment where they um, they tried it out, you know, and and you can do it in many aspects of your life. It doesn't just have to be work, and you can be dialed in and specific. You know, I've I've used the example throughout our conversation about um, developing speaking skills. Yeah. And so as you're developing those speaking skills, you know, how would you rate yourself today? Right. And you, and you may say, Oh, geez, that's not my strength. No one really goes below C, by the way. Uh, I'll give myself <laughs> a C. And, and, and then you say, well, well, what are you going to do to get, give yourself an A? What are the steps you're going to do? So back to your game plan, these are the things I'm going to do. And it's, it's about practice. And, you know, we, I'm kind of a fundamentalist when it comes down to learning and leadership development. I want to go back to the fundamentals that built up our field. And so back in the, it does this off the 1940s, you know, it was Kurt Lewin who said adults learn Mm -hmm. best by doing. And so the more we can put into practice these um, various skills of of any type, I think the, the more we're going to refine and learn as we go. 
Yeah, I agree. It's funny how much things change and don't change over time. That is still really important information. I love it. Yeah, I, gosh, you've you've given us an awful lot to think about. And for me, at least a whole new practice to incorporate into my day. So I am very grateful that we are not quite at the end of our time with you. As you probably know, at the end of every episode, we like to ask our guests a couple of rapid fire style questions. Each one of these questions requires less than 60 seconds to respond. So, Tim, what do you think? Are you ready for some rapid fire? I am ready. Fire away. <laughs> I am, I am, I'm ready for you. Go for it. I'm excited. I, I feel like perhaps you've been training a little bit for this very moment. So your first question is, give us one book that everyone must read and why. I would start with... Uh, a book called Bootstrap Leadership by Steve Arneson. Uh, this, I, I'd have to look at the date. I, I feel like it's been out at least 10 years. Um, it, it's, I keep it very close to my desk uh, and I, I use it both for reading and reference. So for his book, I, you can read it cover to cover, you know, top to bottom, but mm-hmm. I actually like to, to hold on to it and refer to it because it is a guide that as you're developing a specific skill, a leadership skill, uh, um, he has a number of very highly practical uh, activities for you to use to develop that skill. And so the great thing about having it accessible over time is your skills change over time. And so I might've used it for one thing five years ago, and now I'm using it for something different. And it's just really practical. And the, the title says it all, you're kind of pulling yourself up by your bootstrap. So it's a lot of low-cost, high-impact development activities, which I'm a big believer of as well. Oh, yeah. That's a new one for me. But I love a good book that you keep it right next to you and pick up something new every time. So consider that on the list. Great response. All right. Your second question, what is one tool that you can't live without? Uh, One tool. Okay. I would go with um, one-on-one meetings. And I can't believe I actually just used the word meetings on this because (laughs) I do feel like there at times in some organizations, there's an overabundance of meetings, but I will say there's a lot of power in one-on-one meetings. So I I conduct these weekly with my team leaders and what it allows me to do is get to know them over time and on a personal basis and ensure that we are aligned and we have the opportunity that we can support one another. We can prioritize, calibrate, reprioritize, show progress. Um, there is just, it is so powerful. Uh, and then I extend one-on-one meetings be, beyond just the weekly with my uh, my direct reports to periodically throughout the year. I do skip level meetings and I have one-on-one meetings with everybody on my team. And so I have a team of about 65 people. Uh, and it's time consuming, but I will tell you, it's one of the most rewarding things that I do because it allows me, again, to get to know them and connect with them. And I think sometimes as, as leaders, we get so far removed from the day-to-day activities that I also am both impressed and surprised by how much I, I learn, not just from them, but about solutions. If I ask, you know, one of the, the four most powerful words a leader can ask is, what do you think? You know, and, and so it gives me a chance to ask my associates, what do you think? How are you doing? You know, another four powerful words. So um, I, I couldn't live without the one-on-one meeting. Wow. I think you may have 
just infused purpose into meetings again. <laughs> After all this Zoom, somehow I think you have brought back some meaning to those. Thank you for that. That is terrific. You're welcome. Last question for you. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Ever. Wow. Um, look yeah. both ways? No, that's not it. <laughs> okay. I am going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with something recent, and I don't know if it was so ever is is a big, big time span, especially when yep. you get to be my ever. It's been a while. So <laughs> uh, so when you get in, it, it, not even when you get into an organization, but be willing to take on projects that nobody else wants to take on and take them on with um, vigor, with energy and and include people, right? It's an opportunity to connect some of the dots, but take on that leadership, take the initiative. And I've seen it in others and I've seen it personally play out extremely well, uh, where, you know, speaking for myself, there was a project, um, several years ago that nobody wanted to touch with a 10 foot pole. And, and it was one of those, you know, everyone kind of put their finger on their nose and I didn't know that was how we did that. And I didn't. So I was like, oh, I guess I got the project. <laughs> no, I actually took more <laughs> initiative than that. But I said, um, sure. You know, and it's almost not knowing what I was in for, uh, but because no one else raised their hand, I said, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I think, A, um, it got me out of my comfort zone, which we've talked a lot about today. Uh, and I've seen it get people out of their comfort zone. Uh, it, it stretched me. It challenged me. It it made me um, work across boundaries and in ways that I probably hadn't anticipated. And and the results were great. You know, um, it, in the sense that not only did I learn a lot, others around me did as well. And we got a problem solved in the organization that that otherwise might have gone unsolved. So um, people like it when you take initiative. Yeah, they really do, don't they? Wow, that's another fantastic example and a great way to encourage yourself to get out of that comfort zone, right? Absolutely. These are all these these as part of peak leadership fitness, these are all development opportunities that are right at our fingertips every single day. And maybe you can't for a variety of reasons, your your personal schedule or other your what's on your plate, but if you can find a little room to add you know, a task force or one of these um, gnarly projects to your plate and just try to tackle it uh, and and work on time management, work on relationship building, work on, you know, executive um, summaries. Uh, there's a whole variety of skills that are bundled up into taking that kind of initiative. Um, but, but what I would encourage people to do is is look around at the development opportunities that are right in front of you every single day. Um, learn from others. Uh, take on those tasks I mentioned, stay in tune with what's going on in your industry and company. Great advice, Tim. We are so happy you joined us today to share your wisdom with our listeners. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. It's very great to be here. And thank you to my co-host as well. Oh, this has been motivating. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, I must have a dozen notes to look through and start implementing. Thank you so much for sharing a wealth of knowledge. Absolutely welcome. Pleasure to be here. And many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Our chapter has so much to offer. Go to dcatd.org and choose our community 
to learn more about our communities of practice, the CPTD study groups, and peer coaching opportunities. Would you like to be even more involved in our wonderful community? Go to dcatd.org and click on Volunteer to get started. Mm-hmm.